chapter, Hebrews 12. It's exciting to be a child of God. Amen. If you're not excited, you ought to just try being a child of God. Amen. (laughs) Try doing it right because God's going to put some excitement in you. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12. Hallelujah. We want to ask God to help us right now. You help me pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. Lord, we love you. We love your word, God. We love the truth. And God, we ask you, Lord, to just speak to our hearts. Lord, give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see. Give us hearts that, Lord, would be yielded to you and obedient to you, God. And, Lord, we'll give you all the honor, all the praise, Lord. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Hebrews, or no, I'm sorry, did I say Hebrews 12? That's because I was looking at the wrong verse. But I'm going to get to that if you want to just keep your finger there. But it'll be a while. 1 Corinthians 9. (laughs) Hallelujah. I was on the wrong page. Thank you. I feel like I'm in a safe place. Hallelujah. For that little part of me that's still a snowflake. So so fragile. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run. Run like you want to be the winner. That you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Wait a minute. He said we're running a race. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I. Not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. God bless you. You can be seated. Well, we recently did some teaching on uh, the fear of God. Does anybody remember some of that? Talking about the fear of the Lord and. How important it is for us that if we believe there's a God, I mean, just so basic, really, if we really say we're following him, how serious ought we to be with our lives? How much sense does the word of God make when he says that it is our reasonable service to be a living sacrifice unto him? Amen. I. Breaks my heart, really, to think that there are so many people that are under this delusion, that have this misunderstanding, that we can call ourselves Christians, that we can consider ourselves followers of Christ and call Him our Lord and our Savior and not just submit to His Lordship in all of our lives. I remember talking to someone in my family that was raised in a Christian home, went to church their whole lives as far as I knew. And just as my 16-year-old 
understanding was. It wasn't eloquent at all. But when God filled me with the Holy Ghost, I, I, I told somebody in my family, I just have a desire that I said, God, if you want me to tie my shoelaces differently, God, I'll do it for you. And what I meant by that is I don't want anything in my life to, to, to fall outside of his lordship for me. Amen. Amen. And I had people looking at me like, what is wrong with you? Why would you be so extreme? And I thought, why would you think that extreme and not just passionately in love with God? Amen. To recognize that he made me. Right. Amen. Yes, hey, he made you too. Praise the Lord. You're not some cosmic accident. Amen. Amen. You're not some, some just glob of matter that, and chemicals somehow, but you are created in the image of God. And he cares about you. Amen. Amen. He's got a plan and a purpose, a good plan and purpose for your life. Why not just say, God, I don't want, if Jesus Christ could, in his humanity, bow the knee in a garden and say, not my will, but thine be done. Why would I not every day say, God, I don't want my will. There's some things I can be strong-willed. I can be stubborn, God. I can know what I want. But God, I take that and I bow it to your lordship and say, not my will, but thine be done. I'm not offended when somebody talks about any area of my life saying, hey, what about God? But see, there it is. The perspective that people have that I recognize when you're worried about, oh, wait a minute. Don't don't talk about this part of my life. That 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 has nothing to do. God doesn't worry about that. Hey, wait a minute. That just tells me, is he really your Lord? Do you really love him? We talked about obedience recently. That we can fill our lives with so many religious excuses to say, hey, I, I tell you what, I, I, I pray and, and, and I read my Bible. That's so good and, and that's important. But if it doesn't lead to a life that says, I surrender all to you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Sometimes I hear folks say, I pray and. And I know we tell them, I preached a, a series on prayer years ago. And, um, you know, you hear folks say, and I believe it. Don't get me wrong. I believe it. Prayer changes things. How many believe it? Yeah. Amen. Don't you believe it? Yeah. But you know what else changes things? Change. Yeah. I preached a message. Change changes things. Because yeah. sometimes you pray about and God says, now get up and do it. Right. I think that's what sister was talking about here tonight. Sometimes he's not going to do my part. You say, oh, I need, I need to pray about obeying God. No, you just need to obey Him. Amen. Amen. Sometimes I've showed people the Word of God and they say, well, I need to pray about that. Really? Yeah. Hallelujah. I told one person one time, I said, well, if it's in the Word of God, what do you have to pray about? Well, I've got to pray about my flesh and getting under subjection. I said, well, that's all right. Then. Yeah. But I don't need to pray and say, God, did you mean that or not? Right. Is that for me? I know I've talked about some parts of the Word of God. I said, well, that was for them at that time in that culture. You know what? That's a saying a lot that's not in the Bible. He gave it to me. Amen. So I want to go ahead and obey it. The Bible says we're running a race. But listen to me. As much as I believe everything and I feel like I have preached it 
in a balanced understanding. But with all my understanding of obedience and the fear of the Lord, you recognize, please, that, that we do these things because we are in love with him. Amen. Because we do love him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our might. Amen. We love him with everything. It's not, you know, a, a relationship, a marriage, if you will. If, if you are doing things that are right and, and uh, trying to make a uh, husband or wife happy because you don't want to get in trouble, that's kind of pathetic. If that's the only reason that you do nice, sweet things for one another. Amen. But if there is love, it, it's going to, there, there's going to be some things that matter. Amen. I'm going to learn to do some things that aren't just uh, what I would do. Sure. There's some times I'm going to go some places that it's not really my first choice. But I love my wife. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I have my limits too. <laughs> praise the Lord. But uh, if I'm going to do my best. Because love is going to motivate you. Praise the Lord. To uh, to be loving, and and, uh, and that there uh, that uh, that person who is the target of your love, if I could say that, yeah. it, you're gonna want to please them and make them happy. Amen. And I recognize that in Christ we, uh, He's done the work, but now every day my life is a living sacrifice unto Him. Sure. That we would have a passion. That desires to glorify God. Right. That, that it's not so much I'm afraid to get in trouble anymore, but God, how can I do what I, uh, the best that I can do to, to glorify your name? Right. To honor you, to bring glory to you. Yeah. Less of me. I must decrease, John said, and he must increase. Right. I, I want to look at what I want and just say, you know what? This is so hard for people. Self-will. I want to look at what I want, what I like, and say, is there a better choice for the glory of God? Right, right. Amen? Right. And if there is a better choice for the glory of God, then, Lord, let me be able to submit to that because I love him more than I love myself. The Bible talks about lovers of their own selves in these last days, doesn't it? The Bible, you will not find one verse about a Christian having a, a, a relationship with God that has no passion, no zeal. Right. This Bible, it, but sadly, it just seems so strange to a lot of folks. When you start really putting your heart into it, some of the worship and the praise tonight and the, and even the testimonies that, that you can just, just feel that, that, uh, that love and that, that passion in that. Amen. People want to sit back and criticize that. And, and, and what, what's wrong with them? You know, you're a little, little overboard there. How can that? I, I just can't understand a God that, that went overboard for me. Isn't that right? I mean, look at how far the Lord came to show his love. To, to take on flesh, to leave glory and to, 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 Dwell among us and give us his life and to take my sin upon him who knew no sin and to die. He went overboard. 
Hallelujah. Like Brother Mike, I can't ever, ever repay that. But how much of an offense should it be to, to, to love him with half a heart? To go through the motions of, of being a, a, a Christian and, and, and lose that, that heart of love, that, that dedication. Why is it so strange to, to people that, that call themselves Christians? Why would they be so uncomfortable around it? Why, why is it such a, such a odd thing to say, I, to, to not just talk about it, but to live it? To live it with every decision in your life. The Bible says that he compares it. You want to talk about some fanatics. You start looking at some of the training programs of some Olympic athletes. That's what he's talking about here. That they are competing. Those that run a race. say Every man that striveth for the mastery. They're trying to be the best in what they do. To be the best. To shave off hundredths of a second. So that they can take home a corruptible crown. And he's looking at the dedication and determination of those that want to be the best and saying, you know, what what kind of life ought we live loving Jesus? That we would, but he takes it down to where the real dedication is. The real challenge is. He says it in verse 27. And he puts it in the first person. He said, I don't want to preach to others and be, myself be a castaway. Right. He says, I keep under my body. Anybody, you don't have to say amen. But you understand what it is to recognize, oh, I hate the devil, but this flesh is what really gives me fits. The devil stirs things up, but when temptation comes, amen. And you're coming against your desires. Oh, the devil will work in that. Sure. But he says, I've got to be disciplined. I've got to bring it under subjection. I've got to. He talks about being temperate. That means using self-control. Disciplined. Because I've got a goal. You're not always going to feel motivated to pray. You're not always going to feel. There's going to be some things that are going to going to come against your your heart and your mind that you got to stop and say, you know what? I want to live for God. I want God to be first in my life. Amen? Amen. Now we can turn to Hebrews 12. There's more of that symbolism, that metaphor of the race there. Now Hebrews 12 most of you have heard me say this before. Hebrews 12 comes right after Hebrews 11. Mark that down. That's good the notes right there. <laughs> Hebrews 11 is about faith, about those that overcame by faith. Some of those that went on to their reward early because of their faith. Amen. Some that were not delivered from the fires and from the sword, but they've trusted God. And the Bible says the world wasn't even worthy of them. And then. Hebrews 12 says, wherefore, verse one, wherefore, seeing that we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let me take a moment and tell you that I've heard many times preach that there's like a great Colosseum and all the people that went before us, they're watching you. I don't believe that uh, that's exactly what they're talking about. Amen. It's a it's a strange thought to think that everybody that's gone on before us is just kind of watching us, you know, maybe eating popcorn. I'm wondering if we're going to pull through this one or not. 
It can be unnerving. And uh, anybody that's really, really worried about someone who's gone on before you watching you, don't worry about that. Jesus is watching you. And that's the main thing. But the great cloud of witnesses, I believe, are from chapter 11. It's a great group of men and women who can attest to the fact that God is faithful. And that when you put your faith in him, you can be an overcomer. But it says now we know, wherefore seeing we are compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. Amen. Amen. The author and the finisher, he began a good work in you. He's able to complete it. Amen. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Don't you love that? What's the joy that was before him that helped him endure the suffering of the cross? You being in heaven. You being a part of his bride, his church. And is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. Seeing all those that went before us and faithful to God. Lay aside every weight. Run your race. With a heart that says, I don't need things weighing me down. That sin which doth so easily beset us. You know how the enemy attacks you. Lay it aside. But recognize that the symbolism here of the race. Where we have said that people will make changes to shave off hundredths of seconds. The difference between a gold medal and the first loser, right? Silver. Hundreds of seconds to just try to get a little bit faster, get across the finish line. Amen? Amen. They will make these decisions. Why wouldn't we? You know, I hear people, again, talking about that passion, talking about that love of God. People saying, oh, you know what? I'm all about being a Christian, but, but all, you know, all those rules. Wait a minute. Rules? See, I'm looking at some things completely different. I'm laying aside weights. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to hold on. You know, it might just be legal in the books that you can wear boots in a race in the Olympics. I don't know. But how foolish would you be? We won't disqualify you, but you realize you're going to make it awfully hard to win that race. Amen. When we start looking at our lives and looking at the principles of the word of God and saying, you know what? I want to do my best. People say, well, that's that's legalism. Oh, wow. Are you so wrong? Yeah. You see, you're just following laws. No, I love God with all my heart and I want to do my very best when I stand before him to hear well done. I want to do my very best to conform myself to him and his word. Amen. Because I love him. Not because I'm afraid of, uh, of, of not pleasing him. I just, I, I love to please him. Well, praise God. It's not difficult for me to just look in the word of God and, and, and say, God, if there's any weights in my life, if there's anything in my life that, that I can look at my, my, my heart and, and look at my, my actions. Look at my words. Yes, Say, God, I want my words to glorify you. Does the Bible say anything about your words? 
Does the Bible say anything important about our, our godly speech and how important that is? Amen. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to choose my words. Oh, I, I try to do my best, but when I get upset or angry, that's when I need the Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. We, we go through the, 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 our lives and examine ourselves. Well, praise the Lord. Not, not, not worried about it. We, we, we have so many, the Bible says, without holiness, no man will see the Lord. Amen. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Our lives are not only a living sacrifice, the temple, they belong to God. The Bible talks about perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. That we are to honor him with our spirit and our bodies, which are God's. Amen. When I come across scriptures about, about in, I mean, there are, there's a, not just a obscure little passage, but, but half of chapter 11 of first Corinthians talks about a man's hair being short, a woman's hair be her long uncut hair is for her glory. Amen. That's just the word of God. I don't have to worry about or be afraid of it. That's just the word of God. When the Bible talks about uh, our adorning not being of gold and pearls and costly array, I say, yes, Lord. Right. Amen. Right. I'm just going to obey God. Right. Not worried about what this world thinks. Not even worried. You know what? I know what it's like when your spirit starts. You know, I don't know if I feel a little bit of that right now. I don't think so. I feel good. Right. Amen. But, you know, when your own spirit just says, oh, I don't know if I like that. Oh, get used to that. <laughs> it's okay. You'll be fine. That's why the Bible says mortify your flesh, murder it. <laughs> when your will just likes to come up and say, I don't know if I like that. You know, you just go ahead and say, do you want me to fast tomorrow? <laughs> I bring under, I, I bring my flesh under subjection. Amen. Not worried about all that. You know, there's not a, a, a lot of specifics. There's some there. Don't get me wrong. But the Bible does say modesty. Amen. So we got to look at ourselves and be honest with ourselves. Well, praise the Lord. I am not afraid one bit. Praise the Lord. Not only do do I expect my wife to say, you know what? We need to get you some new clothes. Hello? You know what? You've kind of outgrown those. (laughs) Who do you think? No, come on now. Might have to fast. I don't expect, I don't expect that. I'll go ask her and she'll ask me, think this is too tight. Think this is cut too high, too low. If I bend over one way or another, are you seeing too much? Amen. If the Holy Ghost doesn't tell you already, somebody will help you. Thank God for modesty. Look at the the world we live in today. Come on. Amen. The lust and the, the filth and the, 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 the sexualization, can I just go ahead and say it? I already did, I guess. Uh, uh, of men and women, we need to, we need to do better. Amen. We're the church. Yes. Amen. Not only in the way we present ourselves with our clothing, but also our attitudes. Amen. We're living in a day, it's, you know, you try to be friendly to folks and they read you the wrong way. If you find out somebody's reading you the wrong way, step back. If you feel like your your friendly kindness has been met with flirtatious advances, step back. Amen. Amen. Yes. Oh, there's nothing going to happen. Come on. Come on. Right. 
David thought so. Amen. David thought so. David, a man after God. You got more God than he does? Hello? Hallelujah. I want to help you get to heaven. Shouldn't be hard. Shouldn't be tough to have not only modesty in our dress, but modesty in our actions. Well, praise the Lord. I've seen I've seen folks with with very modest clothes, of very immodest attitudes. Amen. Amen. But we you know, this Bible has principles. Thank God for godly examples in the house of the Lord. Thank God for people that are just not ashamed of it. They're not they're not doing it because somebody's making them do it. They're not doing it because they just love serving God in holiness. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Hey, you know, you spend all your day looking at things and feeding your mind with entertainment that's unholy. After a while, you are what you eat. After a while, you digest that. It's going to become a part. You've got to be careful. You've got to watch your eyes. Watch your ears. Amen. That just makes sense. You spend time worshiping God and loving God. Hallelujah. There's going to be some things you're not going to be comfortable with anymore. You're going to feel a spirit. You're going to feel something different in the Holy Ghost. It's, it's pure. It's clean. And you know what? That's going to grow. Sometimes people that are new Christians, they look at people that have been around. They go, I can never, never, don't never say never. Because you get more and more in tune with the Spirit of God. There's going to be some things that you're going to recognize. You know, I want to get farther away from that and closer to God. Amen. The Bible talks about adorning the doctrine of God. You realize this world doesn't know who Jesus is, but they can see how awesome he is through your attitude, through your righteousness. Amen. Through the difference that you are. That's why the Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate. Touch not the unclean thing. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 10th chapter. It's also, these verses are, these exact words are also in 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 10, it's a little more clear, I think, here. I'll just be very blunt with you that when he says all things are lawful for me, he's not saying anything and everything. There's no such thing as sin in my life anymore. Everything's on limits, if I can say. I I can do anything I want. But all things are lawful for me. He's talking about what he's been speaking about. But if we could almost put it into a, a... kind of a easier to understand all things that are lawful for me are not expedient. You know, sin is still going to be sinful to a child of God, but just because I can do it doesn't mean I should do it. I mean, I think there's a lot of folks that, that have a lot of questions about where this line is and that line is. Well, listen to me. There are bigger principles than just, hey, is this a heaven or hell issue? Right. Those, those conversations never go very well. The question is, what can give God more glory? What can be a better testimony to your neighbor? Amen. What might cause a stumbling block to be before your brother? We'd get back into modesty with that, couldn't we? Modesty is loving your neighbor. Modest actions are loving you. You don't want to help somebody stumble. Now, some people just got, they're just a a mess and they're going to lust after everything that moves. Amen. I understand that. You can't control that. But there are some situations you can just back out of. 
And there are some ways that you can be appropriate. All things that are lawful for me aren't necessarily expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Some things just don't edify. Is this really going to help somebody be closer to God? Or is this going to be something that incites a a, a carnal reaction? That's not what we're there for. That's not what we're here for. We're here to love people to Jesus. Amen. If they're not seeing Jesus, they're seeing something else, then, well, plan B. Amen. We need to let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Praise God. We have an attitude that is not legalistic. It's not a bunch of laws and rules. It's how can we engage such a such a ungodly culture in a way that is clean and pure and holy and still shine our lights to them with the fruit of the spirit. Amen. That we can look at our, the principles of the word of God and say, Hey, how can I, how can I shine? How can I glorify God? How can I show somebody, you know, when we get to heaven, remember what Jesus said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to live a life that I wouldn't be ashamed to stand in the streets of glory. Amen. To know that God is with us. Well, praise God. It, it starts with a passion. It's all about just being sold out and saying, God, this is my life. This is who I am. I'm not looking to try to get people to my attention to me, but I want attention to him. Amen. And that's going to offend a lot of people. That's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable because they don't love Jesus. They're trying to hide from Jesus. Amen. But you keep on shining and you know what? They're going to have to deal with it one way or another. It's not always that they uh, they deal with it uh, the way we want them to deal with it. Sometimes it's almost like Cain and Abel, isn't it? I mean, look at Jesus here on this earth. He was rejected, despised, crucified. And that's why I want to close with this. This wasn't necessarily really a part of my notes until just a little bit before the service tonight. But I want to talk to a church that I know I'm just kind of preaching to the choir telling you really what you know and what you believe and what you hold dear. And I hope it helps us look a little closer at not only ourselves, but our motives behind what we're doing. But I want to just take a moment to tell somebody here tonight that the devil hates sold out men and women of God. The devil is angry at people that say, oh, no, I'm laying aside every every weight. I'm laying aside the sin. Hey, don't don't be surprised when the enemy fights you. You're going to have victory. God's I'm not I'm not telling you something. to Be fearful. I'm not telling you something to worry about. We're not worried about the devil. But understand, it's no time to cruise through life and act like, hey, I love God and I love him. I've I've made some decisions. I've made some uh, consecrated some areas of my life. And I know I've been persecuted for it. Maybe some friends and family that didn't understand, but I'm going to give that to God. The devil hates that. Amen. And you're safe in God. But now's not a time to get lax or get careless. 
you've made some decisions to live for God and the devil's going to attack you sometimes even where you're strong. Amen. I know people that have recognized holiness and recognized uh, consecration unto God and separation and have made clear boundaries in their lives. But in these last days, it's being called back into question. Hey, rededicate. Make sure. Hey, just because you've been in church most of your life, just because you've been living for God for years and years, just because you're comfortable around this, don't think you're just necessarily safe to coast. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You need to realize because if you start getting hardened and carnal and and, and this world is going to influence you. This world is going to try its best. When you lose that passion, when you lose that that love for God, you're going to lose your reason for why you're walking separate. Yeah. You, after a while, it's going, you're going to say, hey, I don't know if I really believe it that way. Wait a minute. Fall in love with Jesus and you'll remember why the weights were weights. Fall in love with Jesus and you'll remember why you said, you know what, God, I'm going to do this for you. I'm not looking to impress anybody. I'm not looking to 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 have people like my 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 uh, my pictures on Instagram or whatever might be out there. I want to be holy. I want to be separate. I want to, I want to be a child of God. You lose your passion. You're going to lose your understanding of what makes holiness holiness. And you're going to start drifting towards that understanding. It's like, ah, well, I don't know about, about all these, this legalism and these, and it's not about that. Never was about that. It's about saying, okay, God, here's your principles. I want to I wanna serve you with my whole heart. Hallelujah. Can we bow our heads in prayer? Passionate. So passionate. But there's a battle. This flesh will rise up. Oh, yeah. Where once it was just loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Where once it was just God, I want to do all I can. I want to lay, I don't want any weights and you understand God. I want to, I want to do my, all that I know to do. Step by step, God's going to lead you. God's going to teach you. God's going to show you. Liberty, victory, passion in God. Hallelujah. I've not told you anything. It's not right from the Scripture, right from the Word of God. God's put it in there for the church. God's put it in there for us today. Your will might wrestle with it, but you know what? You fall in love with God. His will is is to glorify His name so that the world can see. I see the joy when I see the the victory in the lives of my brothers and sisters. I know this isn't just going through the motions of trying to please some kind of religious obligation, trying to fulfill rather some kind of religious obligation, but you love God. You love God. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. holy presence of God dwells in you. That's why the Bible tells us 
I am holy, be ye holy. Because the holy God is living in you. And He'll affect you. He'll transform you. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. Come on, let's find a place to pray. In Jesus' name. Oh God, you are my God. And I will ever praise you. It ought to be easy to look at this world and the corruption of sin all around us and say, God, help me. Help me, Lord, to be more like you, to be different than what I was. Fill me with your holy power, God. Fill me. My character, my nature, my words, my heart, all that I am, every part of me, God. I'll serve you. You let God lead you. You let God teach you. His ways are always good. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I surrender all to you. Oh, God, you are my God. And I will